Hello, hello, and welcome to the Borealis Experience. I'm your host, Aurora, and I'm very excited to be posting that interview for you today. My guest today is Luis Brandmeier. Yes, I pronounce his last name the German way. <laughs> he probably pronounces it differently, but Brandmeier it is. Um, he is a relationship coach and CEO and founder of Speak Powerfully Now and is helping people to tap into their potential, to unlock their potential and to let go of pain and suffering and restriction and suppression. He is just, yeah, an incredible person. And I was wondering, what is his story? You know how every hero goes through pain and suffering and adversity. I wanted to dig a little deeper and find out more about Louis today. So yeah, I'm very excited to have you here now with me. Introduce yourself to us and yeah, share your story. Gosh, well, thank you so much for having me. And uh, I really love the title. <laughs> Super clever. I always appreciate a good pun. Uh, yeah, uh, where to start? Goodness. Uh, I've gone through everything from suicidal depression and addiction and anger issues to just being generally awkward and socially unclear on what to do and how to relate to people or how to manage my own emotions. And it's led to a lot of chaos. Uh, when I was growing up, my father abused my mother. And there were moments where things like he would beat her while he she was pregnant with my little brother and just leave her to die on the floor. And then we'd have a doc, there was like a family doctor who came in and luckily was like grumpy and angry and took care of her and drew her out of this. And so this is the kind of environment I grew up in. Um, and, you know, consciously, I don't remember much, but subconsciously there were a lot of layers of fear and terror and felt need to like control my, environment and people around me so that I could be safe with the underlying belief that I wasn't ultimately safe either for people to be around because I come from that dad or um, that I wasn't safe you know just as uh, an actor in the world like that uh, that at any moment violence could occur at any moment um, you know my tender heart could be sort of stomped on or or like thrashed at. Mm. And of course, I didn't know about any of this. <laughs> I grew up a precocious, uh, as I said, socially awkward, uh, somewhat anxious, but nerdy, obsessed with science fiction, deeply in love with, uh, you know, Star Trek and um, Star Wars and all of that sort of a thing. And I, I found my way, you know, grammar school, uh, high school, I became super uh, religious and gave myself to Catholicism. Uh, and that really helped a lot at the time. Like, well, and eventually in college, and as I look back, there is a clear pattern and pathway to, uh, and, and a, a method to the madness of my life up to that point, um, where 
people who are diagnosed with autism or Asperger's syndrome, as I was, which I go back and forth on whether or not it's even useful to bring that up from time to time because I, I disagree with the diagnosis and I'm more effective at sales and marketing and public speaking and engaging with people than a lot of neurotypicals, people who aren't diagnosed. Um, so long story short though, uh, I found my routines. I found my people to emulate. I found my style of living. And it really wasn't until later on, like after high school, that profound sort of unworkability and instability and chaos in my behavior and in my interactions and engagements with people started to show itself and largely precipitated by the use of marijuana and psychedelics, right? So that, that was kind of an unleashing of uh, the dragon inside of me. Like I started to become highly reactive and highly uh, anxious and the suicidal depression around not understanding how to be in relationships and not understanding how to uh, manage relationships effectively, like, like led to some really deep, dark places. And how did I come out of it? Well, my family, <laughs> I can say they didn't know how to handle it. <laughs> my, my mother, uh, actually, no, the very first point of light on this journey was about halfway through high school and very high functioning autistic, right? So I was super brilliant, super smart, made excellent grades. If, if anybody talked to me, they knew that I knew a lot and that I was capable of a lot. And they were immediately like, oh yeah, he's really smart. Um, but when it came to emotional intelligence, mm, I did not have that. <laughs> Whether it was self-regulation or again, social intelligence and managing emotions and connection. And I dated uh, someone who was working on being a, a psychologist and a, a physical therapist. And at one point after we broke up, she recommended that I get tested to see if I was on the autism spectrum. So I went to a cognitive behavioral therapist and I got the test and it came back that it was highly likely that I was there. And I resisted the fuck out of that diagnosis. I said, I'm normal. I'm, I'm not, you know, there's nothing wrong with me. Uh, I, I don't think this is useful. And yet my mom threw herself headlong into the research around things like um, meltdowns, which, you know, I've, I've come a little further along and I have new opinions on what actually causes this. The, the ultimate idea, one of the ideas about autism is that um, autistic people actually have more emotional sensitivity. They do still have different brains. They just have more emotional sensitivity yeah. than neurotypicals, which is most people on the standard deviation of how brains end up, right? And um, that that enhanced sensitivity leads to if experiencing a, a trauma or a moment where there's intense emotion shutting down and having decreased functionality. Mm -hmm. And this is a perfect match to my experience uh, now that I've done all sorts of work to heal because I, I'm deeply empathic. I cry at movies. I cry at everything because I feel love and compassion and empathy and um, the intensity of what other people are feeling mm -hmm. uh, in a way that maybe they don't. 
and maybe in a way that allows them to start to allow those emotions and that energy up for healing and for release and for letting go. And um, yeah, I never knew I would describe myself as a healer, but that, that is who and how I am now. And uh, it exists now in the context of a business development uh, coaching practice yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm bringing in the element, I'm bringing back in the elements, both of live events that I had in empowering Austin now, and also the elements of relationship coaching, um, in order to have it just be a full expression of all the gifts that are in my heart. But, um, long story short, I got the diagnosis. My mother understood the diagnosis. My mother started to sort of gently suggest that, you know, Hey, Lewis, you know, sometimes when you're feeling emotions, it's going to be like, your, your shirt is on fire. Like, like it's not a normal sensation that other people get. There's, there's like a sensory sensitivity that is deeper and more painful than others. So you just be aware of that. And it wasn't until I got in trouble or came close, excuse me, to getting in trouble with the law that I took a deep, strong, hard look at that and thought, oh yeah, I, I do have um, a brain that's different and a reactivity sort of sensitivity that other people don't. And I get to manage that. I get to honor that. Mm-hmm. And it was somewhere actually before that specific realization that I started to do personal development work. It was 2012. I was suicidally depressed because of a breakup with a woman who I deeply loved. And a friend of mine invited me very coyly, <laughs> very cleverly to her graduation, quote unquote. And as luck would have it, it, it was in fact a graduation from a communications course with the uh, basically the world leader in transformation uh, or in personal growth, training and development, landmark worldwide. And it to me was the gateway into a whole world of self-work, of gaining tools for communication, gaining tools for emotional self-mastery and intelligence, um, healing uh, pockets of trapped energy and emotion in the body. And over the course of the next seven or eight years, I had ups and downs, but I also went into entrepreneurship, which forced everything up. They, They say, if you want to deal with your shit, become an entrepreneur or go into like, get into a relationship, a conscious relationship or both. And I was doing both for a good portion of that time and thus had a lot of my, my shit to look at and cancel clear on shit. I, I don't believe that there's anything wrong with anyone on the planet. You are not broken. There's, there's no shit that's there for you to heal. There's just ultimately resistance that we have perfectly created in perfect divine order and perfect timing uh, to protect us from pain. Mm-hmm. And to help us achieve more satisfaction that gets stored in our bodies as beliefs, as perspectives, as perceptions. And yet it's up to us to do the work to release that resistance in alliance with our superconscious mind or through uh, healing or energy work. And so the more I've done to heal, the more resensitized I've gotten, the better results I've gotten in terms of health and wealth and relationships and happiness and spiritual connection and in purpose and leadership, all of it. Because I, and, and I'd say, how did I get out of it? Well, I started to take hundred percent responsibility for my experience, for my reality and started to say, well, I'm gonna do it, that's it, period. And it was really the desire to have a successful business and to do whatever it took. Like what was the carrot on the end of my stick that took me through all the zigzags and all the hard work and all the 
pain because I used to wear a shirt that says spiritual masochist because, you know, we're not here to feel happy. We're here to feel fully. Mm-hmm. And if we feel fully, then we can feel happy because feelings buried alive never die. Mm-hmm. And we get to, uh, you know, stew in them or um, move through them and mm-hmm. allow them up and feel them. And uh, so, yeah, I, I did a lot of that work and it, it wasn't fun all the time, but the other side of it always was. Mm-hmm. I always felt better and it, it became a, a positive addiction. Mm-hmm. So when I talk about addiction, by the way, it was pornography over the course of 15 years um, mm-hmm. that I only very recently cleaned up. And so my, my personal belief to anyone dealing with mental issues or, or mental health or um, emotional chaos or depression or suicidal thoughts is figure out what your purpose is on this planet, what you're meant to contribute, who you are for the world and embrace that fully and get devoted to that fully. We're here to give, to, to be a fountain, not a drain. Mm-hmm. And when we step into that consciousness, that awareness that we're here to create and to give, and we create, um, you know, in my world, entrepreneurship really is the vehicle for that, but it could be non- a nonprofit. It could be um, serving some organization or group. For me, it, it was just like the carrot under the end, end of the stick was I'm going to live my purpose. I'm going to do it. That's it, period. And anything that gets in the way inside of me, I'm going to pull the weeds from my garden and find a clear space and state of my, my birth, what I consider to be my birthright of bliss, peace, love, and joy and compassion and act from there. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's, that's kind of the broad overview, you know, in a nutshell, how, how did that land for you? That was amazing. What I, yeah, especially loved is what you just said with the weeds that you pull out your internal weeds, because I feel a lot of times we take our past, um, our circumstances or other people as uh, excuse, like external circumstances as an excuse to not do our work, because it is so hard to look at yourself and to see, oh, shit, I can change that behavior. Um, I can work on that pain and let go of these emotions um, it's way easier to say, oh, I, I can't do this because I'm so damaged. I'm, I'm so burned from my past that, yeah, I don't know what my purpose is. So to not take the external as an excuse and to really go deep and, and feel what is inside of you and then bring it out. Um, I can also imagine that when you grew up as a child that you were very anxious and you were always I don't know waiting for the next catastrophe to to happen and that why that's why it was your intelligence your protection to numb out these strong feelings um but feelings that we suppress kind of um yeah clog up our heart and and our whole being and you were able to, to get out of it and free yourself from it. And yeah, it's, wow, I'm, I'm blown away. <laughs> it's a, a very, very strong story. And um, it all makes sense. Like everything you say um, all makes sense. And 
um, is very easy to listen to. I just wonder now, so if you're still struggling with like thoughts, negative thoughts, uh, negative self-image, um, what would you recommend um, is the first step to take when, when you're very, still very insecure with who you are? Mm. Yeah, there are a couple things. I mean, every everything from the Landmark Forum, which they're now doing online, as I understand, <laughs> I think it's like 700 bucks or something, super worth it, um, to um, surrounding yourself with the people who you want to be or, or be like or become, mm -hmm. right? So coaching was a big part of the profound transformation from deep, not happy, <laughs> negative thinking to positive thinking. We can never underestimate or, or overestimate, frankly, the power of having someone, so, so your nervous system is conditioned in a certain way. We all carry a pool of poison and pain called the past as trauma stored in our bodies, stored as thought forms, stored as literal like Sometimes people overeat in order to protect themselves or to, to shove emotions down, for example. So there could be literal fat cells and deposits um, blocking people from feeling what's there. And um, yeah, what, one of the things that I did was just start getting out of my head and into communication. Mm -hmm. Humans are meant to be in action and in communication. We always flourish and function better and find more flow and, and joy if we're in communication. So, you know, I, I don't love Alcoholics Anonymous because it, or, or the, those sorts of programs because they use our sacred word to affirm over and over daily, I'm an addict, quote unquote, cancel clear, um, which you'll notice that I use my language very carefully in order to not have anything dropped into my subconscious that I don't agree with. And, um, Uh, but uh, long story short, we become the average of our five best friends. And when our nervous system is muddled or mucked up by some trauma or trigger, if we simply get into communication with someone else who's willing to listen and to hear us speak without judgment, without reaction, without trying to fix or change or transform anything, who is just there to what we used to call in landmark recreate, like to listen for what was the person actually saying? What is uh, the emotion behind the words? And what is the commitment behind the words? So I would call up one of my dear friends over and over, anxious, angry, frustrated, reactive because a date had gone wrong or um, financial situation was not right or whatever. And he would just listen. And we, as humans, we often don't listen. We're listening to respond instead of to understand. We're listening to react instead of uh, be fully present to the embodied communication of another. And you can tell this when you um, are speaking to somebody. Like, and I'll just ask you, have you ever felt the difference when you're talking to somebody and they, they've got your full attention and you, because of that, you light up and you get more excited and you have more energy and enthusiasm versus when you're talking to somebody and they're kind of distracted, they're not really listening. They're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's, it's prohibitive. Like it, it, it tunes the energy down. Does this match your experience by the way? Oh, absolutely. Just yesterday I yeah. had that experience. Yeah. Mm. 
So yeah, the power of listening and getting what we call a committed listener. Um, it's, it's a step on the way to, to having a coach, by the way, but it is something that anybody can do at any time in any place in the world is create what we, we used to call an A-team, a group of people who always listen to you as, as your highest self, rather than as the lowest common denominator of your thoughts and feelings, mm. which we often, uh, in Landmark, they used to say, uh, you, your mind is a bad neighborhood. It's okay to visit, but you don't want to live there. <laughs> you don't want to stay there. Now, <laughs> as I've become a coach, yeah, as I've become a coach, I've discovered that the more weeds I pull from my subconscious garden, again, the more I ally myself with super conscious mind and heal, the more my thoughts are actually supportive and empowering. Uh, I barely have negative thoughts um, in my personal experience. I have moments when I'm triggered. And, and that's when I have negative thoughts, but the great majority of my experience is uplifting, hopeful, optimistic, willing, active, empowered, responsible, respectful, loving, gentle, kind. Um, and, and those are all things that you can build mm -hmm. in yourself through just doing deeper and deeper layers and levels of healing work. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the first step for somebody who's just like dealing with garden variety, negative thoughts or mental trauma or emotional chaos, is to assemble your team of Avengers, of superheroes around you who you can yeah. call up maybe three or three to five at any time. Like you can call one of them. If they're not available, you call the next one and just say, hey, do you have space? And, and here's the thing, you want it to be a contribution to them. You don't wanna be that guy who calls every, every other day and says, I'm, I'm dealing with shit. Will you listen to me vent? No, it's different. It's different than that. It's calling somebody after making an agreement to be that for them first, giving them the gift of being that for them first, and then calling them with the intention to let go and clear, which is very different from- Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, what are you hearing? Okay, I'm hearing that, okay, you experience those feelings, you experience that negativity, but you call your friend, your A-team, with the intention to give somebody else what you need. Like well, so it's, it's subtler. It's subtler than that. Okay. The, the way that I established the relationship where they'd always be willing to answer the phone is by giving them and promising to be what I'm asking them to be for them first. Yes. So that's the first step. So there's an energetic balance. There's respect. There's responsibility. There's two adults coming together rather than one person looking for a hero. Because there's two ways you can be in the world. There's go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm just so fascinated. I never heard that before. There's two. Yes. Two ways. There's creator or consumer. Yeah. And a creator realizes that they're 100% responsible for their health, wealth, happiness, relationships, and spiritual connection, their leadership, everything that they want to have, be, or do in the world or in their life is up to them. If it is to be, it depends on me, as we say, the entrepreneur's credo, right? Um, and yet we're taught by teachers, preachers, family, friends, media, and government that we're not good enough, we're not capable, we can't do it, uh, we're unworthy, 
we have to look to external authorities outside of ourselves to figure out how to get rich or powerful. Or these authorities, this programming that we receive from society and culture tells us to get rich, tells us to have a relationship that looks a certain way, tells us that happiness only comes while you're drinking a Coke, for example, <laughs> um, on commercials, right? And so that's, that's we're created to create, but conditioned to consume. And there are very specific ways in which we're conditioned to consume. We're conditioned to consume as heroes who prove our, our worthiness to be loved or our value through rescuing people and always needing someone who is less than us for us to rescue. We consume through being a victim. Woe is me. There's something wrong with me. I need someone to save me. Please call me and listen to me vent so that I'm going to be okay at the end of it like that there's a subtlety there right it's why I'm going through this whole thing is like it's not that when you call someone else up mm -hmm. on your a-team and you can also be a villain which so if somebody really desperately wants love but they've decided they can't get it what's the next best thing significance and so you I promise I promise you someone who walks into a, a bank in a mask with a gun and waves it around, they feel significant when people start raising their hands and backing away. And, and so, so being a villain is another way of, and, and all three of these positions, hero, victim, and villain are about consuming other people's energy rather than realizing, wait, I'm a, I'm a power plant. I generate energy. I don't need to take energy from other people. I don't need to get anything from anyone yeah. in order to be fully, uh, empowered or happy or successful. And yet at the same time, we have traumas stored in our nervous system. And, you know, it's difficult for us because suffering is pain multiplied by resistance. So we have pain from past traumas that we resist, that we suppress, that we push down, that we, um, what's called pack and stack. We layer them on top of each other. And then we're walking around like, um, like somebody who's, whose hands are full of splinters and we go to shake somebody's hand and it, it hurts us because we've got something inside that we haven't dug out. So, so most people, most of the time walking around, they're, they're a walking ball of emotional splinters mm. where every step they take, they react. Mm -hmm. And our birthright is bliss, is peace, is love and joy. If we can get back to that primal, innocent state, uh, through doing the work of healing. And so on your A-team with your committed listener, you're not calling them up as a victim. You're not calling them up to make them a hero. You're, you're also not calling them up to make them a villain when they don't respond the way that you want them to. <laughs> I learned that lesson too. I didn't know that I, I was operating from the victim villain because you can be a victim hero or a victim villain. And uh, I lost some friendships that way in the process of practicing this. Mm -hmm. or, or added a lot of stress and pressure to some really sweet, like super contributory, generous people because I wasn't sensitive to it. So, um, you know, when I say and communicate and, and begin to touch and stay and feel with deep pain and emotional trauma in my body, in my energy system, it can be overwhelming. It can be intense. But if someone else is listening if someone else is paying attention, then they can apply mindfulness and equanimity, which are terms from Buddhism, uh, precision in awareness and allowing or non-resistance, like indifference, mm 
to the physical sensations that I'm experiencing in a way that I can't mm-hmm. as, as a reactive stimulus response mechanism, right? We're all mammals and, and we all like put a, 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 a hand on a hot stove and we, we launch back, right? So it takes something, but it doesn't take that much. Mm-hmm. Like one of my primary jobs as a coach is to just be fully present for people. And when I'm just fully present, whatever needs to happen will happen. Whatever needs to come up will come up. No matter what somebody is feeling, anger, sadness, grief, depression, anxiety, whatever, I can help them to step into their full power and authority to feel through. Mm. And on the other side, that resistance that they're holding on to gets let go of. And the, the quintessential expression of how to do this yourself or how to employ, so to speak, a committed listener to do this is in David Hawkins, his book, Letting Go, The mm-hmm. Pathway of Surrender. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an MD and a PhD and his work is amazing. I was handed the book by the former CEO of the third largest real estate company in the world. And he said, here is a key to my success. And I was like, mind blown because I had been around you know, new agey hippies for years talking about feel your feelings and focus on visualize what you want. And it wasn't until the really successful, fulfilled, wealthy, rich and accomplished entrepreneurs around me started saying, hey, this, this is what I did. This is how it works. Like you need to feel your feelings. You need to get emotionally intelligent. And so, yeah, if I were to put how I was successful or how I went from mentally unstable and chaotic and dissatisfied and depressed and dark and all of that to successful and accomplished and helping people around the world become the same way. I would say it's emotional intelligence. uh, And I would say it's also spiritual intelligence because there's something going on in this universe. That's more than us, more than our little egos. And whether you call it God or super conscious mind or source or spirit or infinite intelligence, I I don't care. Uh, Just checking in like, like, Imagine there's a higher perspective. And you, you, we talked about my, my picture on the wall, my uh, artwork, right, earlier. Um, you can't see the picture while you're inside of it. And we're inside of a picture. Mm-hmm. We're inside of a grand story. We're inside of a grand adventure that is meant to work out a certain way. If we surrender, if we align with our purpose, our highest good, our intuition, And some of those things took me many years. I I started Catholic and then I became atheist for a long time. And then I just recently wrote a post about how I often, while dancing the EDM, find myself kneeling and and face down in prayer on my carpet weeping because I can feel my own connection with a higher power, infinite intelligence that, that helps me as a vehicle for grace to unleash people's souls and hearts from deep trauma and pain and resistance. And uh, it's, it's a profound, profound gift. And, and I'm grateful that I've done the work to be able to embody that level of love. And I, I mean, I have to say this too, I'm not always perfect. I, I uh, lash out at people, I get angry, I get frustrated, I get anxious from time to time. Uh, I, I'd say like maybe five times a week <laughs> on average. Like, which is probably statistically super, super low compared to most of humanity. But uh, I have tools for digging myself out within yeah. 10 minutes to 30 minutes. And, and as an example, just before this call, one of my clients was like, hey, wh- where's this thing? 
And by the way, you didn't say that you, you didn't put this thing in this folder on Dropbox. And, and I felt anxious. I was like, oh, I'm not perfect. My core wound of, uh, of the, the original identity of I'm not perfect got triggered. So I just sat with it, put my hand on my stomach and said, I breathe. I touch this sadness, this anxiety. I feel, I stay, and I love. Speaking to the inner child, speaking to, to that version of me that was reacting, and then it cleared. So, I mean, you can do the work yourself. You can do the work with others. Uh, ultimately, do the work, and you'll have more bliss, peace, love, joy, and accomplishment, and better relationships than you could have ever imagined. Ah, <laughs> uh, Louis. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. Like I know you, you brought so much value just now to people who maybe have never been in touch with spirituality and empowerment and self-growth. Um, what I forgot to mention at the beginning, this is only part one of Louis Brandmeier. Um, next time we will continue uh, this conversation and maybe dive deeper into porn addiction and relationship coach, how to, um, yeah, go from trauma and pain into loving yourself and then being able to love and support somebody else. Um, thank you so much for your time, Luis. That was incredible. I think we covered everything we, we wanted to talk about. Is there one last thing uh, you would like to share with us or do we just jump into next episode next week? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, what's coming to me right now is a quote from the Tao Te Ching, which is um, he who realizes that what he has is enough is truly rich. Mm. And, you know, starting there, starting with gratitude and the understanding that you're not broken, everything is perfect. All things are working for good. Uh, from the highest perspective. And, and this is it. And there's, there's nothing else you need to be, do or have than, than who you are right now. Just, just concentrate on creating something that you love or aligning with your purpose. And I promise you opportunities to do the work will show up along the way and, and just do the work. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> and find someone to help. Um, last piece. There's an organization that I love. It's a nonprofit that helps people in a lot of these ways. And I've gotten a lot of my thinking around this from the organization. It's called Earthwaking University. And they have an event called Awakened Life Live where you can go from dark, depressed and suicidal as my someone who I deeply love did very recently and come out the other side, hopeful, enthusiastic, clear, lit up. It's free, usually it's $2,000 uh, or it's worth $2,000 but I'm able to give it away for free. It's at bit.ly forward slash awakened life live, all lowercase, no spaces. I highly recommend you check it out. I don't make any money for recommending that people go. It's just like a gift and uh, part of an organization that I think that if somebody wanted to take an action, right, on what they've heard here, that would be sort of the best action that they could take. So wonderful. We will make sure to put this in the show notes. And uh, the link to your Facebook account or your webpage, of course, as well. Luis, thank you so much for being here today. It was uh, a great honor for all of us. You're so welcome. 
Thank you so much for listening to this interview. I will make sure to put all the links you need to connect with Luis if you're interested in finding out more or maybe even book a coaching session with him. I'm, yeah, blown away. One more warrior. You know, I pick guys intentionally to come onto my show, heart-driven leaders to inspire us, to give us hope, and to take the focus away from aggressive bullies and people who don't spread as much goodness uh, as my warriors here. So I'm very excited to have Luis on board. Enjoy the rest of your day. This was the Borealis Experience podcast for you with Aurora Eggert.